0: You want to achieve great things, you want to reach the next level, well so does every other entrepreneur. You know what that means? You have to take every competitive advantage possible. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show where we're going to show you how to create this competitive advantage by being more productive and sharing the secrets of the world's top performers. I'm your host, Kenny Aronson, and I think it's time to get down to business. The world is full of opportunity for business and entrepreneurship. But to reach this opportunity and make the life that you always wanted to live, you have to make sure that you're growing every single day. Self-development allows you to do this. By reading books, taking courses, and just reflecting on your life, you can build the life that you always wanted to live. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Salehe Bahaji. She's an expert in business, entrepreneurship, coaching, and self-development. She has many stories that we're going to talk about today and a whole bunch of value to provide. So I'm very excited to start this interview today. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Salehe to the show. Hey there, how are you doing?
1: I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I very much look forward to our conversation today. I think that, you know, the, the value that we can provide the, the audience is going to be amazing. You know, just from the, the research that I've done on what you're doing so far and your experiences in life, I think that it's going to be a great episode. So I always start off with just a, a basic question so that the audience can get to know you a little better. They get to know your story and what you're up to in the world. So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you're up to in this world?
1: Sure. Uh, personally, I'm. Um, I call myself a professional student. So I've been. Um, I mean, going back, I was born in the U.S. I grew up in the Middle East. I have Iranian parents, and um, and then I came back here to pursue my graduate degrees, and and then I just didn't stop learning. Um, I, but learning for me was going to school and getting a degree or getting a certificate. Uh, I have an engineering degree as an undergrad and I have a master's in business, a master's in financial engineering, a certificate in data analytics. So highly analytical. And I worked in, um, wealth management. I worked in, um, IT and telecom. My last, um. I mean, my current position is as a senior consultant in an IT company, and, um, and I still hold it because I love that part of me, you know. It's, it's the part that I really enjoy. <coughs> Excuse me. But, um, but, yeah, but I have a story on how, you know, I, um, my life changed for the better about several years ago, so I let you, you know, go on based on your, your interview. And then now when I'm going to get there, I'm going to tell you.
0: <laughs> well, I would love to hear the story right now. You piqued my curiosity.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it, many things happen. But I was at a point in life several years ago that I was making good money as my um, job. I was at a, at a good position. I was happy about where I was um, from outside world, right? Um, if you look at me from outside I had everything in order and everything looked good and I had that like picture that everybody um I mean 90% of that picture I can say that everybody wanted to see and approve of. But then I wasn't happy and I was getting to a point that so so what is this and why am I here and so what? You know, I so after certain level of income, then then it comes the point that okay, what is my impact? It's not just about money; it's about something more. You know, you work, work, work. So for what? So um, and I do. I'm a spiritual, um, uh, and I and I believe in signs. And I was always said that okay, I I want I do believe in signs, and I, every time I listen to these signs, there's you know there's always some wisdom in it. And I was looking for signs, but um, and. And at the same time, around the same time, this, this all, all of this happened in a matter of maybe three to four months. Um, one of my coworkers, actually, one day he he didn't show up to work. Apparently, he had mental breakdown. And um, in the company actually had to fire him because he had proprietary information, and he was not responsive at all. With all my pleas to him, he was my office mate, actually. We had... We've been, in the same office, we shared the same office for the longest time. And, you know, long story short, he was fired. And then after a couple of months, he actually committed suicide. And that was the big hit for me, um, that, you know, what is it that people that don't look unhappy are actually really unhappy? Or what is it that in this corporate world, uh, even working, my company is actually rated one of the most ethical companies in the U.S. But thinking about it, I said, even when you're the most ethical company in, in the environment, like in this like, society, you still have to follow some rules. So what is it that we cannot be more human? Like it's I felt really guilty of um, adding financial constraint to whatever his mental breakdown was. And I felt like... Um, we failed him as his colleagues to support, to provide that support that he needed. Right after um, my office mate actually uh, passed away, I um, I had an, I had a surgery health-wise. I had to um, uh, go through a very minor surgery. It was an outpatient surgery. And I've had, you know, health-wise, I had some issues. So I've had many, many surgeries in the past. And I've never had any complications. But... This one turned into a huge drama because I was allergic to the medicine they used on me. And um, I had to be transferred to ICU and I almost died. And um, when I woke up, um, the scariest part was that I could, some sometimes I could hear people, um, like the nurses around me, but I wasn't able to um, show any reaction and And I felt really scared and lonely at that time because I didn't say bye to anybody. I thought I'm going to go in and come out and that's it. And I felt like death is so close to us. Um, I didn't say bye to my son. I didn't say bye to any of my friends or my loved ones. And um, and I felt that it could end in a matter of a second. Um, And then I was very... Depressed and traumatized after the surgery. So adding all of this together, I took um, all of those others as, as a sign that I need to focus on some important things in life that might not be, you know, monetary. Um, I need. I knew. I knew I needed some sort of support. I met with therapists at the time. I couldn't connect to any of the therapists that I uh, met with, but. I mean, just randomly at a, at a party, I met with this life coach. And the moment he like, I told him, what do you do? And he said, I'm a life coach. And I was like, what is a life coach? I've never heard of it in my life. And um, so we talked for three hours, and then he offered me a sample session. So um, after that sample session, I hired him, and I think that was the best decision of my life. Um I remember I was so depressed that when he asked me like what my goals are for future, I had nothing like, I don't know. Like I'm, I went from a, an, an ambitious um, woman that had like so many things in mind to have like nothing and going just day by day. And he helped me to get out of it. I'm not saying that he's a, like a life coach is a therapist, but um, he gave me some uh, motives. I had, I, I, I became aware of some of my um, a lot of my walls that I actually created myself around my you know um, in my relationships and in my mind you know um, so long story short after a while he recommended that I pursue life coaching myself, so I went through a year long training um, i I started the training just for my own personal transformation. I remember the first day they asked me, if, do you want to be certified or do you ever want to work in this? And I was like, no, this is for me. I got all the certificate and degrees for um, for outside world. Not to say outside world, but to get some something out of them. And this is for me to get for my own personal transformation. I don't want to use this for anyone else. And after a while, I realized that this is so rewarding. This is, this is why I've been, I've been, all of this happened. Like all those bad and sad things that happened in the past that were assigned for me to push me this way because I love this so much. Every time I talk to a client, I, um, I learn something. It pushes me um, to, to be more human, to connect more with, with other people. So yeah, I mean, I, after, um, I mean, throughout the training, I transform, I, I, I transformed myself and at the same time, I, um, I realized that I really love this work and I started a business called Stonebreaker Consulting and Coaching and, um, and now I focus on people like employees in stem industry because that's my that's where I've been and this where I see a huge need it's a science technology engineering and math and um, I always say that um, being a little bit of extrovert in a company full of introverts goes a long way <laughs> uh, you know it's um, it's I mean' I, I'm, an, I'm an introvert believe it or not but but I know that if I push myself out of my comfort zone and open a door in, in those Big walls that I built around myself. It's going to be. Um, it's. I'll see a new wind. I'll see a new face from everybody, like from different people. So yeah, that's um. That's my story. I've never thought that I'll be an entrepreneur in my life. I mean, I, I not that I never thought I'd never want to be an entrepreneur. I didn't want to be an entre- <laughs> Didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I was like, <laughs> I want to be a nine to five. I want to, you know, I have my own whole corporate life planned um you know how to go up the ladder and all this you know all my ambition was just focused on corporate life but and now it's just it's a new world and it's a new exciting world
0: well so hey you've you've definitely been through a lot and i i definitely commend you for making it through all that and it sounds like you're you're, you're definitely on the right path right now and, and i'm curious what exactly did the year of training that you had to go through consist of what kind of things did you have to do
1: Oh, uh, that's, um, that's a good question. The, um, so I went through, and, and it's not, it's not a, a secret, the training I went through was my accomplishment coaching. And um, they, uh, we had classes first weekend of every month, so once a month for two days. Um, and it's, we don't know what's going to happen that weekend, but after you know, every weekend had a team. Um, and then we had homework to do throughout that month until the next time. And then we had support. Uh, part of the program, we had a coach, uh, weekly calls with our coach. And it's all personal development. It's all um, the topics I can tell you from the beginning. We, have, we first month we worked on our being. I had no idea. I mean, when they said just be, I didn't know what it means. Like, what are, what are you talking about? Just be, I am here. But um, being versus doing, um, we talk about the spirituality. We talk about money. We talk about relationships. We talk, and, but it's, um, it doesn't have, we have leaders that they, um, like they're all, either um, they're all like professional certified coaches. Um, and they all follow International Coach Federation guidelines. And um, it's it's so eye-opening to see other people. We were 18 students in that class. And each of us had our own contexts, And we learned from each other. We learned to – we had breakdowns, lots of breakdowns. But then breakdowns created breakthroughs. And I grew because, like, from many aspects, because I lived – Through the the whole year, through this group, and I learned how to manage conflict. I learned how to have difficult conversations, and it's it's leadership. It's funny because when I was going through the program, um, my boss reached out to me, and he's like, "Something in you changed." They didn't know because I did I did this on my own. Um, you know, budget because it wasn't related to my any but anything from my company. It's, it's not i t related, so I can't ask them to fund my a course that I want to do for my personal development. <laughs> so yeah, so I didn't tell him that I'm going to do this coaching and um, coaching training, but then he came to me and he said, something changing you, whatever it is, I, I like it, and you are a better leader for it. And it, and it hit me. I was like, even if the you know transformation is happening in increments and I might not notice it, other people notice it. And they see the shift in my being. They see the, how comfortable I am in different situations. And it's all because I'm more comfortable with me. And um, I'm, I'm becoming more aware of who I am, what, my, what filters I look through life, uh, how my past is affecting my present and all of this is affecting how I actually treat people people around me and how I manage people or not manage but how I lead people and then to become a better leader I actually have to be have to be able to lead myself and my emotions first. And um, it's been I mean it's a, it's a it's a learning it's all progress is everybody's learning every day I mean I'm learning every day again I'm still learning every day but um, I can say that if you'd seen me a year and a half ago or two years ago I wouldn't be the same person that you're talking right now too so it's um, yeah Um, all fun times
0: Wow, it sounds amazing. I mean, you're, you're like while while you're talking right now, you're definitely making me want to check it out and go. But I'm curious what do you, what do you think is the what's your favorite part about coaching and helping people? If you had to pick one thing,
1: hmm. I think it's the awareness, um, like the elevation that you get. Um, it's it's so so real that. Um, the questions and the, uh, the view is just you pull yourself out of the content of a story and get elevated and see what is it that I'm actually doing here. And it's like looking at yourself from 10,000-foot view, and, and, you see a, and you see a bigger picture. You don't see the details from that, that high up, but you see a bigger picture. You see everything that surrounds it. And I love that about it. I mean, I've seen. I, am I, I myself. When I, um, my coach does that to me, I, I get surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, I start from one point and I say, I want to figure out how to, to have this. You know, I mean, sometimes I have you know difficulties with my husband, and I say, I want to figure out how I should talk to him. And then I realize that it's not about him; it's about me. At the end of the call, it's just something totally different. And and then I realize that, um, hmm, you know. Um, We all live in the world that we build ourselves. And I I put some note on my uh, Instagram page that I say, um, what other people think of me, it's their world, not mine. And the more I work in this field, the more I realize that that's true. But going back to your question, the one thing that it's my favorite, it's that elevation and awareness that, that it creates.
0: That sounds super interesting. I really love that. So, Salehe, you've gone through the training and how long have you been working with other people and coaching them for?
1: Well, um, it's been about 10 months, um, that I've been, um, coaching and, um, and I, and it's been, yeah, it's been very interesting. One thing that I noticed that, and I mentioned, um, when I was telling you the story is that our corporations is just, we focus on professional development so much, especially in IT, especially in engineering. It's just about learning the new thing, new high-tech, new technology that's coming in, new programming, new everything. Like, like it's very high-paced environment. One thing we forget is the personal development in that, in the corporate environment. And um, I do see... I do see the gap there. And what I do is that I created these workshops that I, um, a series of workshops. Um, it's like group coaching, but it's it's different. It's in a workshop setting. And I reach out to companies and I, and I tell them what, what it is that I want to do. And I said, well, happier employees, you know, higher retention rate, more efficient work work environment, And um, it's all win-win for everybody. And I mean, in coaching, we try to create win-win scenarios. It's not just about one person, you know, always one person being the the loser or only one person winning. It's just win-win for everybody. And I think this is what's missing. It's um, one fact is that the coaches are being hired only for executives in the company. But what if we have that, you know, what if we have that um, possibility for everybody in a company to sign up for this type of workshop? Still, is, it's still not the same as one-to-one coaching, but it's very impactful. And then we have a bigger audience. And we let people see that there is like another, um, there is another dimension in this world. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I grew up, um, just thinking about math and physics, I love math and physics and algorithms and numbers. that was my world, right I didn't see I could my sister is an artist, and I never understood her, and I never thought that I'm going to understand her. but um now getting into this field, I realized that the world is so big and and there are so many opportunities everywhere. The most important part is to stay human,
0: you know. <laughs> Exactly. I, I totally agree. So there, there's a couple ways that we can take this right now. And there, I think there's two big things that I want to talk about. First of all, you just talked about, you know, the, the opportunities in the world. And this is something that I think about a lot as well. So what are some of these great opportunities that you, that you see out in the world right now?
1: Um, you know, when, I, when you say world, what do you mean? Like, I, I, I mostly talk about if I want to talk about opportunities in corporate world is different.
0: Well, let's but, just talk about you know maybe entrepreneurship or you know the just yeah. the, the marketplace in
1: general. Okay, so that's um, so my focus mostly is in um, so I, because I focus on having workshops for corporations and I see opportunities mm-hmm. in, in that in that market.
0: Well, we can do for both if you want. I, I'm totally fine with that.
1: <laughs> no, no, I mean it's it's for entrepreneurs for sure because I um, I do see a big market for um, for personal development in corporations. And um, as entrepreneurs, um, I see a lot of leadership courses, a lot of you know how to manage, and all of this. I see a lot of those. I don't see a lot of courses about how to be happy. You know, find your find your inner happiness, find your um, um, life purpose. Uh, What is it that makes you um, excited every day? How to have, um, how to create a win-win um, situation. Uh, what is your comfort zone? What is your comfort zone? You know, you're asking about. Um, you know, my CEO. About a couple of months ago, he was asking, um, in our we had a we had a, uh, United Day, that uh, it happens at the end of every fiscal year, and and we were talking about you know what are the opportunities out there in the marketplace for corporate from the corporate perspective as business development. And he was asking, uh, well, if if everybody goes out and seek opportunities, you know, how many, um, it's it's going to be great, you know, even if 5% is a response rate still is great. But to do that, every person needs to get out of their comfort zone. We are all introverts, we are not salespeople. We basically, I can say, out of 1,400 employees in that, com- in that company, 1,200 of them are introverts and they hate talking to other people.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> I see that a lot.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's um, how how can you, I mean, first of all, identify your comfort zone and your survival mechanism and how can you push yourself out of it and be okay in staying uncomfortable and be okay in staying scared and um you know, all of these topics are things that I see it's not talked about in, in corporate world. And, you know, I'm focusing in IT and telecom because that's my, um, that's area I know. But this is an area that could be in any any corporation and anything outside, you know, um, any company that, that that works with humans. I think this is what they need and that's a great market for anyone that wants to focus on us.
0: Okay, perfect. And then there's definitely some some tidbits and things in there that I'm definitely going to take with me. And I think other people will relate as well. And the the other question that I want to ask you, so you're you're finding clients to work with, you're finding corporations. So what's your your strategy for finding these clients? Do you use social media advertisements? Do you just cold call them up? What's your strategy?
1: So I mean and to start I um, there are like many different um, channels that I use. One is the warm contact. So if I know someone that has a contact in any corporation, I reach out to them. Um, And I ask them to introduce me to their decision maker in their HR department. Um, The other one is since I work in telecom and IT, I know a lot of people uh, from corporate side. I mean, the first one was my friends. The second one is my colleagues or uh, people I know professionally and I reach out to the other one is, um, the other one is I created a list of 30 companies that I really want to have as my client. And, um, I, I send them postcards, just cold calls. Yeah. Cold calls. I can say, I mean, I'd reach out to them on LinkedIn. I, um, I reach out to them, um, on, um, Sometimes and email them if I have their email addresses. Um, and one channel, the other channel I use is I I just have these um, mini workshops. It's like a sample, really small an hour workshops so that I have. Like I create an event for that, and I ev- and I inv- invite like all HR um, like human resource decision making managers that I know. Uh, To that and some people that that are interested and I just invite them and I have that workshop give them some some takeaways and um, and I follow up with them after that just a lot of um, You know interaction
0: Okay, thank you for that. I think that you know, it's it's all about networking and that's what I found is you know, the, your, your network is kind of your net worth because they, they open up opportunities and you know, that's where you're going to get your foot in the door. Mm -hmm. So you you obviously have a lot of experience in, in business and networking. So what are some common mistakes that you see people make in this field?
1: Um, that's interesting. Um, one, the biggest mistake is that you think that since you're building a network, you're allowed to ask a favor right there. And, um, oh, I went to a network, like, the excuse is I go to a networking event, I get their business card, and then I can't just tell them, oh, could you hook me up with this person? Or could you, you know, take this proposal? No, you got to build relationship. It's a relationship comes first, and that's the biggest mistake I've seen. And then even myself, I become, I do connect people myself too. And then when I see someone just reaching out to me, without even knowing me, without even just say, seeing me once for maybe five minutes, a uh, conversation, and they just get there and they say, oh, could you hook me up with this person? I said that, well, I want to know you more, you know? I, I want to talk to you. And so, I, being a little, adding a little bit of personal touch to all this relationship is very important. I normally ask my the people that I want to work with, I ask them out to coffee, to uh, meet them in person on one-on-one. It takes a lot of time, I, I agree. But at the same time, a network's worth, um, the strength of your network is about the type of relationship you build with that network. Um, doesn't matter how many people you know or how many business cards you have, it's important if you actually can get things done via that network. And, um, yeah,
0: Yeah. I that's definitely something that I I, I think I got to improve on for for my network.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, um, I mean, I've always seen, um, that like a network is like anybody in, in, in your network is more willing to, um, support you if they actually know you or know your story. And that doesn't happen throughout the networking event. Um, it might happen. I mean, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but um, you can't count on it. That's already happened until you actually see that person. First of all, that person is willing to spend time with you, gives give you their time one-on-one. And at the same time, um, are they, you know, are you connecting with that person on a one-on-one level?
0: Okay, thank you. So I just want to kind of throw a, a general open-ended question your way. So what do you think some of the most important strategies or habits for success are? Um,
1: um, this, is, this, is, this is a really good question. Um, I see, first of all, setting your priorities is important. Um, I noticed that when I get um, really busy with work and work um, I call this part of coaching my coaching business, my passion project, and because I don't get tired of it, I focus on it so much, and I and I find myself spending a lot of hours after nine to five on this. Uh, but then I ignore my um, uh, myself, right? And I think having setting priorities and a healthy priority list. Um, in coaching, what they would call it, it says yourself is on top of the list. Your spouse is the second one. Your work is third. Uh, your family and friends are four and five. So um, if I could actually get, and it's not about percentages. It's not about numbers. It's about the quality of time. So if you feel like, okay, I, I, I feel like I'm taking care of myself on top. I'm um, the first one. Then that's that's when the priority is actually being straight. So that setting the priority list is very important, and then staying on track and not getting um, and not getting disappointed if we get we go off track. That's another thing, being able to get back up and get back on track. And I give you an example, uh, but. In October, actually, I was like, so on track on everything. My, or, my schedule was very good. I would wake up every morning, I would work out, i get things done before I go to work. Everything was um, the way I wanted it to be and I planned it to be. And then I got sick. I got bronchitis, I was sick for two, three weeks, and then I had to do another surgery. And so it's been a couple of months of health issues and physical um, uh, discomfort that it threw me off track and actually last Friday I had to sit down and revisit my project plans and I say, okay, I'm not I'm not gonna achieve these milestones because I had and I and I had to I had to work talk to my coach and and be able to accept that and trust the process and say that trust myself that I could get back on track. This is this is very important. The consistency is more important than just the initial drive, the consistency and, and and ha having that motivation and staying on track and or being able to get back on track is more important for success than just starting something and just leave it midway because we can't we get disappointed.
0: Thank you, Sally. Hey. I really appreciate that, that answer. And I think it's going to really help people. I think one of the things I also need to do is I need to, you know, work on my priorities and I think everyone has room to improve. So the next question, what is the biggest lesson in business and coaching that you've learned so far?
1: Having the money talk. It's my biggest lesson. What do you mean? Um, so for me, it's the easiest thing to offer my services for free, because I love it and I'm very passionate about it. The hardest thing is to ask for, you know, when it comes for the contract and getting paid for it. And um and, it, and for me, learning that it comes down to how much I value my services, and and coming back down to the human nature that if someone actually values your services and they value themselves and the investment they're putting in this because coaching is not easy. Like not that coaching for me as a coach being in coaching is not easy. You have to be determined um, to go through the process because sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's draining. Uh, you have to get things done. You have to uh, be able to hear the, uh, truth that nobody else tells you. So your coach is your friend, but it's, it's, your, um, it's the most honest friend that you will have. So it's not gonna be your nice friend, uh, it's your honest friend. And, and if you're not ready to invest your time and energy and your, fine, your funds in this thing, then you're basically, the person is not ready to get into this contract. And I learned that as if when I say no, it doesn't mean that it's a no to me. It's no from their world about their situation. So um, that's the biggest thing I learned in this business-wise from coaching is just to have that money talk. And when it comes down to, oh, you have all this conversation When it comes down to, okay, um, what is the fee? Um, And that's always been my biggest challenge, I can say.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think a lot of people struggle with that. But, you know, I think it's all about your perspective, because I've certainly found that, you know, when someone pays for something and they pay more for something, it allows them to, you know, invest a little bit more of themselves into it. So they're they're more focused on it. And, and you get a, a greater sense of appreciation for, it. of course, not everyone's that way. Some people might get that same appreciation for something that's free. But for the majority of people, when they pay for something, you know, they, they care more about it. They're going to take it more to heart. So I've always found that, you know, it's just an exchange of value. So it just, you know, shows that, you know, you're getting value in return for the value that you provide. And that's kind of the way that I, that I structured in my mind. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Exactly. You know, um, I, I totally agree. I had clients, I mean, this is how my learning process, I was resistant to this because I felt like this, um, like coaching, we are getting connected to. Um, to our clients on another level, and I uh, felt guilty of charging them. Right, so I went on and I had a couple of contracts for uh, a pro bono, and I had contracts that were fully paid, and and the results are totally different. I did. I, I'm analytical, you know. I do. I do benchmark, and I do look at the results. And um, my clients that are actually paying, they were more serious. Um, they were. Um, they were on time, they, um, the number of times that they had to cancel were just maybe 5% of the time and that was just emergencies. But my clients that were pro bono, it was just seemed like it's not too serious for them. And it was frustrating for me to see that there's so much potential there, but the person is not seeing that potential. And um, and that's where it hit me that, you know, it's, um, it's about the exchange of value, as you said. Yes, the person has to actually believe that they're receiving value to pay for it, and if they are, if they don't see that value, then they're they're not fully engaged, and then they're not gonna get the same results. So, basically, time is the is the most expensive commodity in my mind. So, if I'm spending time on this, and the other person is not engaged, I'm um, I'm wasting both both of our times. So it's um. Yeah, it, it was the point for me. The lessons learned that um, I know my value, and if the other person doesn't engage or doesn't or does engage, me, uh, it's okay. With pay means that they're actually very serious about this
0: yeah exactly and you know i found that it's easier for them to focus and like you said they they actually show up and they, and they get the most out of it so to the listeners out there i hope that you've enjoyed the Da Vinci mindset podcast so far i think this is a good time for us to take just a couple minutes break so we'll be back in just a few moments with the davinci mindset podcast welcome back everyone to the davinci mindset podcast the first half of this show has been jam-packed filled with value and i have very much enjoyed our conversation so far So in the second half of this episode, my goal is to dive into personal development and learning. So that is exactly what we're going to do. So welcome back, Salehe. I hope that you had a good break. I had a good break as well. So let's just dive right in. So we're going to start with this question. How has personal development helped you? Oh, that
1: is... It transformed my life. I... um, I was. I really now. I realized that I was. I lost track of the bigger picture of where I was going. So personal development has helped me get back on track, have bigger purpose, um, and not be disappointed of little things that happen in life. And in general, I'm a much more purposeful person and happier. Um, in every aspect, I, um, I realized that when you go through personal development, you might, um, you will definitely find new friends and you might lose some. And I realized that I'm okay with, you know, changing my cycle of friends. Um, and at the same time, it changed, it helped, it helped me a lot in my relationship with my husband and with my son. Um, it's funny because I was talking to my son the other day and he was like very upset about something. And I told him and I said, Mommy, do you want to go and think about your emotions and, and come back to me and talk about it? And he's, he turned around and he told me, Mom, are you coaching me right now? He's <laughs> <laughs> eight. And know he cracked me up and I was late. <laughs> and, and then I, it, it dawned on me that I think, going through this personal development and going through this coaching it changed me in that person I'm not a coach as a profession I'm a coach as a person and that personal development it's um it's been huge I um yeah I know I know where to um focus most of the time like um what to what to read? Uh, if I need something when to meditate, um, and in general, I'm much more comfortable. I'm much more comfortable with myself, and what what I need and what I like. Um, that's I think that's the that's the best part of it.
0: Yeah, I certainly agree. I, you know, I I just started my my kind of personal development journey probably around a year ago. And I think that the biggest thing that I've gotten out of it so far is just your self-understanding, your understanding of your own emotions, your own intelligence, all all these kinds of different things. And I think one of the important parts of that is, you know, some people out there who are listening to the show right now, you know, maybe they haven't started this journey or maybe someone has started it and they're looking to get more out of it. So in your opinion, Salehe, what can we do to learn and grow faster so that our self-development is more effective?
1: Um. I kind of disagree with your question in general, because <laughs> learn and grow faster. It's um, the speed of it is not the purpose, and how quickly you can do it. It's about the process. So, um, so I do believe that hiring a coach helps a lot. Um, I um, I personally. So have a coach and I think my coach has a coach. Um, it's kind of having, having an um, accountability partner, making sure that you're staying on track and you have someone to go to when you're so deep into your content and deep into your, um, I don't want to use a bad word, but S-H-I-T and, and <laughs> get out of it and, um, and you need and you need the helping hand to take get you out of it. And that's yeah. And I
0: just wanted to throw this in there real quickly. I meant to say learn and grow more, not learn and grow faster. It was just yes. to grow more effectively.
1: Yes. So you know, it's it's um, and so stay. I mean, I I I do believe that having a coach helps a lot. At the same time, taking courses, um, being open into um, like learning new things and uh, hearing. Um, new opinions. I, I read lots of books. Um, I really loved The Eight Habit by Stephen Covey. Good to Great, as everybody knows, has been great. Um, I read lots of books on coaching and leadership um, and um, anything that comes out. But what I noticed is that all these books are wonderful to give you perspective of someone else's journey, but you will have your own journey. And I remember when I was reading all these books, I was thought that, oh, I have to follow this step that, you know, the author said all these steps that they followed, and maybe I should follow those, and then that would be my journey. And it would add to the pressure that I had on my mind that, oh, I have to do this. But then one day, I realized that that's their journey, and I'm going to have mine. I learned all of these things, and I adjusted to my own life. So, yeah, I mean, um, if you want the titles, I mean, I told you a couple of them. It's very helpful. One thing that's very um, useful to me besides having a coach and reading is I set aside a time every week, about a couple of hours to, um, to, by myself to sit down and, um, and see where I'm standing and where I'm going. I do have an annual goal. Every year in October, I sit down and I, and I spend hours on creating my next year. I envision the next year and, and I create, we call it in coaching, the project plan. And then every week I sit down and say where I'm standing there and uh, what I want to do, what I want to do, and how I want to get there. And that's very helpful.
0: Okay, thank you. I, li- I like the idea of the project plan. I think that's something, you know, really wonderful that can help you in the long run. And I think that's something that I'm going to take into account with the 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 goals and things that I set for myself. And, you know, an, an important part of achieving goals and, and taking action is the the mistakes that you make. Because everyone's going to make mistakes. Everyone's going to, you know, have times of failure. But mm-hmm. Salehe, how do we turn these mistakes into opportunities?
1: Hmm... Well, I think it's, the, it's how you're looking at them. The um, mistake is a mistake. I don't know how this is going to be received, but how you, um, the audience are going to interpret it, but um, a mistake is a mistake as much as a weight you give it, right? Um, you can look at something as a mistake or you can look at something as a learning opportunity and um, I I do have experiences and I thought that, oh, for example, I can tell you, even the example I told you about the clients that I signed up for pro bono and I signed up and, and it was a mistake, right? If I wanna look at it as a mistake. Mm-hmm. But for me, the difference is that when you look at something mistake, it's like a lost opportunity. Um, but when you look at it as a learning experience, it's, um, there is a reason that that mistake happened, and you are going to use that for future opportunity, um, and, you know, life is full of all these ups and downs, you, you can't just be perfect all the time, in, and, I'm, you know, sometimes, um, I'm, a, I'm a planner, I used to be a, a much, much worse planner, I can say, <laughs> as I say, because I had planned A, B, C, and D, to cover it up because I was scared of making mistakes. Oh, what if this plan doesn't fall? Let you know. It falls through. The next plan is going to come and support it. But now I just go in with faith. Just having faith in yourself is just to make it, make it, makes it all okay. Making mistakes and not, um, one thing that I do believe is that in when we make mistakes we bully ourselves, that's the biggest thing. Um, that voice inside our head that blames us for making mistakes. That's the one we have to identify and we have to learn how we could shut it. And how do
0: we learn to shut it down?
1: Oh, there are ways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are some of those ways? Can you share them with us?
1: I think the best, um, I think the best way is the elevation. Um, uh, so what, like one of the methods is, um, we actually, it's funny because one day we in, in, when I was going through training, we actually named our voices. And um, the voices come from our survival mechanism. And uh, there, is a, there is a practice in coaching that we actually identify our survival mechanism and what they are. And we just named three of them. Like If I want to tell you mine three, uh, I have a, I have Unsatisfied Diva. I have a worried Rainbow. And I have a forgotten fairy princess. So these three exist inside my head, and uh, I know when I'm when I'm I catch myself feeling bad. Um, I try to pause and think about okay who's talking right now, and when I think about what I tell what I'm telling myself to create that um, bad feeling, some and most of the time is my dissatisfied diva that's not happy about what's going on and it's furious and it's criticizing everything. And it's coming from complaint. But then when I, it's it's a very powerful to identify it. And when you identify it is actually, they become very weak and you take their power away. The power is there. What is unconscious? The moment it becomes on, on the conscious level, then they are much, much, much weaker. And, um, it's, um, it's, how, how can I say it, I'm not saying it's fun, but it's very interesting to actually know that feeling like there's like a couple of different voices living inside my head, talking to me, talking down on me, while it's me, you know, I don't have any um, borderline character problems. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As you say, you know, every everyone has those little voices in their head. Yeah, Sometimes those yeah. little anxieties that pop up every now and then.
1: Mhm. And you know, the moment you identify them, they become weaker, and that's the whole point. And that awareness is very important.
0: I like that. I like that idea of you know identifying them and naming them. That's definitely something that you know I'm gonna walk through. I think that can help because you know I like every every other person. You know, everyone has those moments of doubts. You know, sometimes I don't want to do this today or I don't want to record a video today or, you know, I don't want to make those calls. But, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I think that certainly identifying them will will help to get over that. So we, we've talked about a couple of, you know, potential books that you can use for self-development. But do you have any more specific personal development resources which you would recommend? Um,
1: can I recommend a journal? Yes, um, ma'am. I, um, I use this um, journal that I love, and I have no association with them. I just found them, one of my friends recommended it to me. It's Daily Greatness Journal. That's a journal I use every year to um, plan my year ahead of me. I mean, I do my project plan myself with my coach, but then I put it on this journal. It's kind of like a pre-written, it has like topics, and it helps you um, dig deeper. It's kind of like a coaching journal, like you're coaching yourself. You're looking at different aspects of your life. You evaluate yourself in different aspects of your life. So a very met- like it has a methodology. I love that. And, um, and then one of the greatest books I told you I read was The Eight Habit and um and good to great these two has been great um one really good book that i recommend is um the dark side of light
0: chasers what's that book about i've never heard of it
1: it's the debbie ford's book it's the dark side of light chasers It comes with lots of meditation and you... Basically what it says is, if you don't come to peace with your dark side, you will never be able to actually truly experience peace and inner happiness. Because there's always part of you that you are ignoring and pushing down and everybody has that dark side. These are the things and there is some blessing that comes from that dark side. For example, Said that if someone doesn't like, like you know, the lazy part of themselves, right? Probably they've been working really hard to prove that they are not lazy. So that's a blessing that comes from that dark side. But this is a very simplified version of what I'm saying right now in this sentence. It's a one. It's a very small book. It's it's tiny, but it's a wonderful book, and I recommend it to anyone that's interested into personal development and. Um, and I recommend actually listening. I mean, having the book and listening to the audiobook, because when it comes to meditation, it's guided meditation, and it's much more helpful when someone else is actually reading it for you.
0: Okay, that sounds very interesting. I'm definitely gonna check out the Dark Side of Light Chasers. I'm gonna put that on my my reading list. So, Salehe, we've talked a little bit about the the project plans that you've created for your the your year's upcoming. So, could you be able to would you be able to expand upon that a little bit more? Tell us about what's involved with the project plans that you create if sure. you're able
1: to? So project plans are very fun. Um, you, we create project plans from future. And um, this is the different difference in normal project planning. Um, so when you have a goal to achieve or or you want to be somewhere in a year from now, like 12 to 18 months, you sit down and you think about, you envision yourself in that place already. So you plan your project feeling and seeing yourself where you want to be already. Um, The difference is when you're looking at it that way, it doesn't seem unachievable, one. And second, is more positive. The other thing is that when we think about the objective of a project plan, we think about what is it that you really yearn for. For example, I had a project plan that, oh, I want to lose this X amount of pounds, right? When I talked to my coach, she said, this is not a project plan. And I said, what are you talking about? You know, I want to lose weight. So that's my project plan. She said, no, uh, this is very negative. Can you feel like, do you you sense the negativity in the sentence?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I, I can sense it. I think that, you know, you got to dig a little deeper than that, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. So what is it like, and then we had this like hours of conversation of what is it that I yearn for? What is it that I want to have by losing? So losing means that I'm not happy where I am right now. And and by losing something and putting pressure on myself, it just starts from unhappiness and it starts from unsatisfaction. So adding it, um, I mean, long story short, from this example, I came up that what I yearn for is actually being healthy while I'm having fun, and and then my project plan was just getting to a lower body fat percentage, and that was. You know that was it you know it's it's how you put it it's very the wording what I'm realizing in all my personal transformation is that how you use words are important it doesn't mean that you say I, I didn't mean it but every word has a weight associated with it and then when you use those words they have impact on other people on your audience so so you have a project plan you actually think about and dig deeper into what you yearn for um, for your next year. And they could be different areas of life. So I have project plan health wise. I have the project plan for my health. I have a project plan for my business. I have a project plan for my, um, like personal relationships. And, um, and then I work backwards. So I said, okay, next year I, I'm at this place and what, where am I? you know, a month before that, or am I two months before that? So I work backwards and I set milestones. And, and then when I get to the present time and I assign rewards to every milestone, and um, then when I get to present time, I think about, okay, now I'm just gonna only focus to my first milestone. So I forget about everything that's in the future, removing all the pressure, and I only focus on the first milestone. And this is a living document. So it doesn't mean that if I don't, something happen and I didn't make the first milestone, something bad, then it's, it's bad and I'm just going to associate it with something, um, you know, blame myself or there's nothing negative about it. This is supposed to be positive and motivating and creating some energy to actually achieve our goals. And so it's a living document. So I change it throughout um, the year. Uh, based on the new information that comes in based on the new things that happen and it just keeps moving
0: Very interesting I like that idea so for the milestones that you set up do you create specific Action plans or ideas that you implement to to reach these milestones.
1: hmm Yes, for example uh, when I said I want to achieve like this like lower body fat percentage rate right? and I said okay Next October, I want to be at 17% body fat percentage, right? And then I say, okay, what am I? Where am I right now? So I divided it and I said, okay, every month I want to lose, I know, half a percent body fat percentage, right? And then I kind of set that up. That's my measurement. But then at the same time, how am I how am I getting there? Uh, Then I have workout plan, meal plan, all of this set to um to get me there and the rewards that associated with that so throughout the project planning there is a small medium and large rewards that it's based on your budget and it's not about the budget it's about what you like my my small reward is walking in a park alone because i don't get that time myself so (laughs) so for my for me being able to actually walk in nature by myself and having some time to myself is is a good reward um, the second, the, this medium reward could be something, you know, whatever that is, it could be, it sh- but you should not cheat on your rewards. You actually have to give yourself that reward. And, um, I remember like I, I told my coach, I said, well, I worked out yesterday outside. I ran outside, so I'm not going to go for my walk today. And she's like, no, it's not the same. You gotta go. And you've got to reward yourself because you want yourself to know and appreciate yourself by actually staying on track and achieving something. So that's how it is. Like you have to actually honor those rewards. And, um, one thing I, oh, and one thing that I want to mention is that throughout the whole project planning, you actually list all the resources and your support system, so it's not just you. Like, you can reach out to people and say, oh, if if this if I get lazy and um, I don't want to get out and work out, I can call this friend and say, talk to me and convince me to get out of bed or something like that. You know, we have, like, these creative support system to um, to support us when you're down or we want to just not do it. Or if we um, – even we talk about what are the um, – Uh, Resources you have like the computer you have like a workout machine or anything like that. We talk about it So it's a very comprehensive way of um, Getting you ready for your goal for the next year
0: Okay, that makes sense. There's just one one question. I have that I'm a little unclear on for the for the rewards that you give yourself Are they for the milestones that you hit or the actions that you take
1: for the milestones?
0: Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. So I just looked at the time. So that, hey, I realized that we've, you know, we've been talking on the show for a little over an hour, you know, that the time has really passed, you know, it's really flown. And I think that's just because we've had such a, a great conversation about, you know, all these different topics in coaching yeah. and self-development. So one of the things I do with this show as we start to wrap things up is I always leave my guests with just a, a specific question. It's kind of a, I wouldn't really call it a curveball, but I think it's a good way to kind of wrap things up so that, everyone who listens to the show can take a, you know, a valuable piece of advice with them. Mm. So, salehe, if you could only leave the audience with one piece of actionable advice, what would it be for you?
1: I would say invest in your personal development more than anything else.
0: I certainly agree with that one. I think that's, you know, I'm oh, sorry about that. I think that's something that's very important for for people to do because, you know, the more in, you invest in yourself, the more you can grow and the more you can learn. So, so I, hey, I think we had a very valuable conversation today. I hope that you enjoyed coming on to the show today. I hope that the other aud- the audience got a lot of value out of it because, you know, I certainly did. I'm going to, I'm going to go try some of these very powerful techniques and ideas in my own life. So Salehe, if the audience wants to know more about you and your services and everything you provide, where could they find you at?
1: Um, You can find me at uh, Salehe at stonebreakerconsulting.com. My website is stonebreakerconsulting.com and and you can reach out to me at 202-716-9980. That's my number and it's open to Anyone that wants to talk about personal development and coaching in the services, I'm very open and very transparent and I would love to talk to this. I can't talk to this until tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's good. It shows that you're passionate about it. And that's what I, I love about you and what you're doing out there because you know, you're you're providing massive value to people. And I gotta say that I love the the name of your company, Stormbreaker Consulting. I think that it just sounds so cool because you're you know you're you're breaking the storms of life and you're 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 making progress.
1: Exactly. So. Yes, that's that's exactly what it is. I'm glad that um, you like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No problem. And you know, I, I just want to say again, thank you for coming on my show today. You know, I I certainly learned a ton. You know, after this, you know, I I kind of want to go out there and start. You know, thinking of putting together a project plans for my life. I think that is something that's very interesting. and
1: Sure. And if you need help, let yeah. me know because I can support you in creating your project plans. You know, it's, um, coaching doesn't have to be like a longer term agreement. It could be like for a shorter term and it could be to provide support for anyone. They want to project, you know, create a project plan or they need support like in it for a little short term. And, and just so you know, most coaches do this, we offer like sample free session. So if anyone wants to actually get a flavor of what coaching actually is, they can reach out to me. And not all coach are, coaches are good for everybody, so you got to find the person that you connect to. And if we find out that we are not a good match, then I can refer you to other people. There are lots of coaches, wonderful coaches out there that we work together and um and i they're all you know under international coach federation guidelines
0: yeah you're certainly right it's just about finding the right person and to the listeners out there i will definitely put solehe's links in the description below so that you can contact her directly or go to her website so that you can get her free coaching services so that you can figure out if she's the right coach for you so to the listeners out there i hope that you guys enjoyed this show today i definitely enjoyed speaking to solehe today i learned a lot And I'm going to implement every single thing that I learned into my life. Hopefully, I know that we talked about a lot, but I'm going to do my best to implement it. And I hope that you guys will as well. And on that note, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the DaVinci Mindset Podcast.